Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. And in today's episode, Karina and I are going sans Benji, sans Benji. And we're talking about sensuality. And sensuality is something that most people directly associate and correlate with sexuality because they think it's interchangeable. Like, it's one and the same. It's, they conflate the two. And the problem with that is that Although they're complementary, they're very, very different. And in fact, sensuality in many ways is the preamble to sexuality. And it is a requirement to be able to fully enjoy sexuality. But most people don't understand this and therefore don't know how to work on their sensuality. That's what this episode is all about. And just so that you know, the reason why Benji's not on this episode is because he just had a baby. So give it up for Benji, give his family prayers, because they just welcomed a new beautiful girl into this world. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with no Benji. We are fully replacing Benji with somebody far more beautiful than Benji, although Benji is beautiful. Karina has way less of a beard than Benji. We have Karina back and welcome, first of all, Karina. Hi, everyone. Really great to be here again. And the reason I wanted her to come back because she planted a seed in my head that I don't think the topic of our conversation, it was one of many things that we we're discussing, but it's like, it's really impacted. I was like a month ago or a month and a half ago. And it's really like, I, I've been obsessed ever since and it's impacted my life in a very like significant and like practical way. And I want to unpack what it is that she did to me. You changed me, Karina, you changed me. And also just so you know, while we're having this conversation, Karina, um, the communist spies don't want us to have this conversation. And so they planted loud construction workers next to her. And so she's going to be muted when she's not talking. But if you hear crazy sounds in the background, just know that it's, it's nothing. Robert isn't in the background, just angrily destroying their apartment. There's somebody doing construction. Okay. So what is it that you planted in my head? Tell me. What sure, is this so, idea? Today we're going to be talking about sensuality and this concept, it was found by me, but not created by me because I was trying to look for places that we can experience absolute sex in our lives, even if we cannot have a sexual relationship, physical intercourse, I guess, let's say, either because sure. of we're single still, or either because we are far from our apartment or anything else. And the thing is like, I knew that sexuality, so sexuality, it impacts our life in all our areas of life, like impact in an emotional level, in our minds, in our thoughts, in every value that we have about life, that sexuality impacts it. But I was trying to think about, okay, well, that's great. That's incredible. But how it impacts us and how can we have more of it, you know, and how can we experience it without actually thinking about sex and orgasm and all that, right? So it was... A very interesting concept found in the book Unwanted that 
I, we already have shared a lot about it. So we mm -hmm. recommend it. How sexual brokenness reveals our way to healing. And it basically talk about sensuality as the sense, right? How sensuality, the region of the word <laughs> sensuality, we uh -huh. see the, the play of words. So the original origin of the word sensuality was about the sensual pleasure and the sense, like the feeling, the pleasure of the senses. And if we think about it, it's like includes everything, right? Like the five senses. And the point is like, if we cannot experience the pleasure of our five senses in small things of life, right? Like in the nature, the fly of a hummingbird, the food that we're eating, how mm -hmm. we're going to be able to experience all fulfillment, the sensuality of sex, which sex needs to experience with the five cents. I have a question, like in, when I was 12, I was in a seven day workshop from a very important leader that True Father sent to Uruguay to teach us their original divine principle, they call it. And he told us that True Father told him that when in absolute sex relationship, the temperature of the body can go to 40 degrees. Then maybe later you can find what is in fire hands. But 40 degrees is pretty high. I think it's like around 95 Fahrenheit. And that I was like, how is that possible that your body can get to that high temperature? And he was saying that once it gets to that temperature, no illness, nothing can live there. You know, um, nothing bad can live there and you're like healthy forever. So question is, how can we experience that kind of sex? And I feel like here is the, the key, the sensuality. And we cannot be trained sensuality only by having sex. We have to train our sensuality all the time. So I'm going to stop yeah. here. I'm going to hear your comment because I started the no noises again. Commies. <laughs> Communists are back. So I just did a little research. 40 degrees Celsius or centigrade is 104 Fahrenheit. So that's a fever. So essentially you're in a self-induced fever when you're in a sexualized state, which is really cool. It's cleansing. Yeah. So Karina kind of planted the seed about sensuality because we typically have a direct association between sexuality and sensuality in our minds, just because that's how books are or movies or whatever, it's, it's a sensual book. It's always kind of expressed in a very sexual way, but it just means to have your senses experience stuff. And so if you think about it, sensual cultures like Italy, they're very sensual in terms of how they experience food. Food is really important. So when you see the meat, it's like, <laughs> it's a really intense experience. If you ever go to Italy, it's like, their food means something and they feel something. It's, they're having this relationship with it. Or if you go anywhere with somebody who really loves music to a concert, they're feeling it with all of their senses, not just their ears, but they're feeling it all over them. And that is true sensuality. So Karina was talking about in this book is that how could you ever venture into the realm of sexuality if you don't have the capacity to experience life sensually through your senses, because you're going to experience like a fraction of, of the actual experience. Right. And I can really see that. And Karina, just so you know, in the early days of high noon, the first talks that I were given that I was giving were really brain science heavy. 
It was so boring. I think I put a lot of people to sleep with it, but I was just so excited. And one thing that was really clear in the science that they were doing on the brain was how you get this numbing effect from any addiction, but porn as well, that the more that you watch porn, it's this super stimulus. So an unnatural amount of dopamine, it floods your brain to the extent that other things aren't as pleasurable. So when you eat ice cream, it's not as flavorful. When you hang out with your friends, it's not as much fun because it doesn't bring you as much joy as this super stimulus. So you start comparing everything to being at this peak state. And it's almost like you borrow from your sensuality just to put it in one little part of your life, this one little area of porn. So that's one thing is that I'm sure you guys have noticed that if you've ever struggled with porn addiction, that that's what happens. You get a reduced sense of sensuality from other areas of your life. But the other thing is to practice sensuality. This is where you actually changed my life, Karina, because I, I noticed that our whole culture is actually based around numbing the senses. Okay. So if I have a headache, I don't feel it. I don't experience it. I numb it. I take a pill and I numb it. I get rid of it as quickly as possible. I don't ask why I have a headache. Have I been drinking enough water? Have I been hanging around the wrong people? Have I been listening to too much heavy metal? Whatever the case may be, right? I just numb it. If I'm tired, I don't question it. I just drink coffee or I have some stimulant that stimulates a fake sense rather than feel the real thing, which is just be tired. Is it okay to be tired? Not in this world because it's go, 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 right? I'm bored. Okay, I'll pull out my phone. So we're actually incentivized in every aspect of our life to not feel through our senses, not in a genuine way. We get stimulants, even in food, just like how often do you eat natural food in their natural state? And how often do you have dips for your carrots? So you don't have to taste the carrot. So you have ranch, you're tasting the ranch, not the carrot. Or you have, you put so much salt on your food, like fast food is all salt. It numbs the actual flavor. So this is the extent to which we're kind of living in such an unnatural state that we cannot feel our senses. And when you start going down this rabbit hole, which I feel like our conversation pushed me in that direction to start feeling things more, it only then do you start to realize how numb we are for most of our day. And that's crazy because you're actually never experiencing anything real. So of course you're going to start doing stuff like binge watching Netflix or watching porn or whatever, because you can't even access normal stuff. So you need something wilder and crazier just to keep you kind of baseline, not bored out of your mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. And we didn't even touch about emotions because... Because <laughs> I'm a guy and I forgot that I have emotions. <laughs> Yeah, we numb our emotions, which are the trigger of so many of our addictions, right? The funny thing about feeling our emotions is that, if, for example, we numb our, like, what we call it, like, negative emotions, like anger, anxiety, depression, sadness, fear, all those, like, negative emotions, if we numb them, because society sees them as, like, bad, and we cannot feel them. We just feel like, okay, we have to just like move forward and only be happy because it's, now we're in the world of like 
how to find happiness and joy and all that, right? But the funny thing is when we repress those emotions, we don't actually feel them and we don't sense them, right? We cannot experience them 100%, right? Mm -hmm. We cannot yeah. experience them fullness. And to live a life of fulfillment, of full, of sensuality, we need to experience the good and bad, right? We cannot experience sensuality and pleasure without going through the uncomfortable feelings beforehand without feeling it. And that's the problem with instant gratification. And we study pleasure, the biggest release, the best orgasms, the best pleasure that we can feel in life comes after a period of time when we, it's hard, it's, there's tension. There's like, let's say- A range um, of emotions. A range of emotions, right. Yeah. And even in sex, the best orgasms come where there's time and there's like an intense waiting, right? And it's like when sure. that release is coming on and those doesn't feel comfortable. It never feels comfortable when you don't have a relief when all those things are there. But mm -hmm. if you can accept them, then the pleasure, the best pleasure comes in. And I'm studying a lot about giving birth currently. Uh, oh, why is preparing, that? <laughs> preparing for giving birth in December. And basically labor is like that. If the best pleasure comes afterwards, right? After you experience the pain of labor, right? And, mm -hmm. but the thing is like, we need to understand that pain is important too. So when we're talking about sensuality, we cannot only talk about the happy and beautiful things in life. We mm -hmm. have to talk about the hard things and what is the pain, the fear, the sadness and experience all that in order to experience in a higher intensity, the other stuff, right? So yeah. everything intensify. So that's really interesting too, because in that paradigm shift of, it's not just one feeling like porn is very one tone, even it's just really kind of driven quickly. It's fast. And it's for one purpose only it's to experience orgasm, not to experience emotion. Right. But when you talk about true intimacy, yes, there's all sorts of strange things that comes with being so physically and emotionally close with somebody. And you have to go through this kind of dance of feeling uncomfortable, working through that, the give and take of where are you at, where am I at? And that's kind of scary because you're putting yourself in an uncomfortable position where you're not in control. Neither one is in control. You're being controlled by the experience. And that's one thing that is very clear is that in our society, we like to control our states. Want to be awake? Then I'll have a coffee. And when I want to go to sleep, a lot of people take melatonin or natural stuff, or they'll take just straight up sleeping pills, or they'll kind of induce sleep somehow. Same with, you know, everything, even in relationships now with social media, everything's very calculated and controlled. And because of that, you don't get the fear and all the other emotions that are almost like a prerequisite to letting go and experiencing the full range of emotions. So you have to give up control in order to experience the highest pleasure. And that's scary. It's really scary. And that's honestly, I feel like why so many people are not having children because they lose control of their schedule of so much of their emotions, of everything. And they're, they're afraid of never getting it back, but they don't realize that that's where all the pleasure actually is. And just Karina, to plant this seed in you, 
when we were having our first kid, we were kind of looking at all sorts of different modalities for having kids. And we watched this documentary about kind of more natural births and this kind of stuff. And there's a movement of women that have experienced many orgasms during labor, during giving baby and having a baby. And that's something that most people have no awareness of because in that state, you have to give up control because there's something happening that's so much bigger than you. You're giving life. The life was born in you, it was created in you, but it's passing through you and with all sorts of forces beyond our pay grade, right? So in that, the ultimate letting go is accompanied with the range of emotions, the fear, but also the extreme pleasure. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have read about it and I, I don't know if I'm going to experience it, but I'm kind of excited to, <laughs> to see what happens. Sure. Uh, but yeah, pleasure is so connected with pain. There's such a close we gotta relationship dig into that. each other. Because the, the broken version of that is BDSM or like, again, induced pain. So controlled pain, you give me pain and that'll give me pleasure. But that's more like people who are stuck in some sort of state of trauma, they're reliving trauma. But could you explain what would a positive version of pain equals pleasure? How do they correlate in a healthy way? Have you thought about that? So I can talk about it in labor and I think we can okay. pass it to... Um to sex too, but oxytocin, for example, is the main hormone of pleasure. And is oxytocin the one that creates contraction in women when it's labor? Okay. So oxytocin as a pleasure hormone is the one that gives you pain at the same time. And in oxytocin, so oxytocin comes in safeness, feeling safe, right? And is the same hormone that is connected with sex. And otherwise, adrenaline is the hormone that stops labors, which comes with fear, which comes mm. with anxiety, which comes in. And this is the same on sex. Adrenaline, when a woman or a man, uh, but especially woman, doesn't feel safe in the time of sex, then adrenaline comes, adrenaline close any kind of like uh, buildup that she was creating. So in, if we think about it in a hormone ways, oxytocin is the one that is connected with pleasure and pain, which is interesting. But at the same time, adrenaline doesn't allow you to feel pain, but it doesn't allow you to feel a buildup pleasure too. So okay. I think we have to study more about this. Yeah, but yeah. if you see it in that way, I think there's a very key point there on how you feel pleasure in life and how you don't feel. And it's funny thing that social media and everything that is connected with instant gratification, there is an aspect of adrenaline on it. Mm -hmm. While yeah, like waiting, while letting go control, while safetyness while mindfulness there is connected with oxytocin. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show.
Yeah, they say the highest level of pleasure that a human can experience is the moment right after birth when the child is latched on, their first latched to the breast for the first breastfeeding. It's the highest level of dopamine and oxytocin because it's, they're so bonded there. It's exactly principle where it's origin, division, union happening in one instant, right? Where you're unifying as one, even though you're now two. So that's cool. Yeah, so that's true. I, I want to think more and learn more about, because we associate pain with negative, like it's a negative thing, right? But it's an inevitable thing, if, especially when you deal with love. And it could also be the pain of losing your old self or losing old concepts. That's kind of painful. To grow is painful. To grow your muscles, you have to tear muscle tissue. So yeah, we got to kind of, I want to learn more about that because Again, whenever I hear pain for pleasure, there's even like 80s hair metal songs about that. And it's always about, yeah, some sort of BDSM stuff of, uh, you know, some lady with a whip or something like that. But I'm sure there's a much healthier way of yeah. understanding. But we're going to this topic because the point was about sensuality and sure. feeling the pleasure of our sense. And in that way, if, in order to feel the pleasure and to feel our sense and to feel life, we need to, first of all, stop label stuff. So someone told us that pain is bad, or I mean, nobody wants to feel pain, but we can give another label to pain and we can give another label to pleasure, right? And we, in order to feel all our senses in a hundred percent, we need to allow ourselves to feel, to feel the good and to feel the bad. And as people get stuck, so I've been reading about this and there's so much about like the joy of life, right? And there's like a bunch of things that you can do, you know, to experience life in a joyful way. And mm -hmm. like, and there's not really like an easy recipe about how to experience joy in life and how to experience the pleasures. It's very easy, actually. It's like, everything you can experience pleasure you can experience love you can experience joy through everything through an orange through a this through that but what is the thing that is stopping us to feel that and that's the key because yes we can talk about a very inspiring podcast about sensuality and feeling pleasure but if we don't allow ourselves like why we're stuck why we cannot feel and usually comes when there is a block and that block is because we're afraid of feeling the negative things. So we need to go through that process. Yeah, absolutely. And to go back, we mentioned this before, but the idea of feeling your feelings, this is kind of like a catchphrase of our time, somewhat in certain areas of self-help and all this stuff. There's like, you just got to feel your feelings. And I've even prescribed that for some of the guys in my boot camp and all that, but it really requires unpacking. I want to talk about, I'd love for you to kind of give a personal experience and I want to give one as well, just for context, because I think the extent to which we suppress our own emotions is far greater than we even realize, like how little we actually feel anything. Yesterday, I realized this, that at the end of a really long day, I sat down, I went for a jog and I came back and I sat down in front of my place on one of those Muskoka chairs and I looked up and there's the moon. And I was just like, oh, I got to do stuff. And it was like 9.30 at night. I was like, what do I got to do? Like, what is that feeling? So I just stopped and I 
close my eyes. I was like, hey, God. And then in response, I got this question. Hey, where were you? This kind of feeling of like, yeah, where was I? Either God was asking me or was asking myself. I don't know. But this feeling of where was I? And I was like, yeah, that's a great question. I was busy. And then the question was busy doing what? I don't know. I was too busy to stop and breathe. I was too busy to stop and feel. I was just busy all day. And this sense of busyness, I feel like it's a plague in our world, especially in our Western world, where it's this need to produce at the cost of meaning and feeling and all this stuff. I just stopped. And in that moment, I realized that I had, it's not always a matter of suppressing trauma or anxiety or these big things. Sometimes it's just you're suppressing, experiencing anything at all. Just like stopping that sensuality of like, if you're running and running and running, you don't get to stop and smell those flowers. You don't get to stop and see those birds interacting. You don't get to stop and look in your kid's eyes if you have kids and be like, wow, these kids are amazing. They were nothing and now they're human. Uh, you don't get any of that when you're just tight and running. And actually, like you said, it's a lot of the times it's just adrenaline. You're running off adrenaline. And for a lot of people, myself included in the past, I was at that state so much that I had worn out my adrenal glands. Like I was almost out just because I was pushing so hard. So yeah, this idea of feeling your feelings is like when I'm working with guys, especially because that's just who I deal with. I don't know if it's the same with women. Maybe you can speak to that, but they have no idea why they can't stop themselves from doing things like watching porn. And they really try to stop themselves by willing it and just like, okay, I'm not going to do it. And in the moment they try to do all sorts of tricks, but there's something so much deeper driving them and they have no awareness of that. And what I would say is the only way you can figure out what that underlying force that's pushing you in the wrong direction, the only way you can see it and understand it is by stopping and experiencing it and asking questions like, what is this feeling in me right now? And like, where did it come from? And start learning it and spending time with it and talking to it or whatever, processing it. That's the only way, because otherwise you're just going to be pushing it off or pushing it down and it's going to come out in some weird way. So it's very therapeutic, but we don't make time for it because there's never time for that kind of stuff. But it always comes at a cost. It'll take a lot more time if you don't take time now because you'll end up needing to take weeks off because you're just having a burnout session or you'll end up in the hospital or whatever. When I was like 22 or something, I had to go to the hospital. They scanned me and they're like, we have no idea what it is. And I even flew back to Canada to get a CT scan because it's free, <laughs> right? And they're like, yeah, no, you're fine. You're totally healthy. And I was like, why did I pass out? And it was just stress. It's just really stressed. I was holding on to too much and I couldn't let it go. So, I mean, that's from my perspective, the notion of like feeling your feelings is like stopping long enough to sit and not look at your phone, not listen to anything and just experience the good stuff and the bad stuff and everything in between as much as possible. What would you say? Yeah, I can relate with all those struggles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, until this day. And I feel like it's something that I'm still learning and working on. But if I think about it in terms of sexuality and sex, one of the biggest challenges, and this still continue being one of the biggest challenges in sex for me is the mind. Because as you say, the mind is like, go, 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 go. And thinking about this and thinking about that. And during sex, if you want to, you really need to be present. 
you really need to be present and you really need to feel what is happening in you. And you have this another person, like, I don't know, Robert, he gets like, if we are talking about sex, he gets, that's the only thing he has in his mind at that time. And I can't tell, you know, that's the only He's got thing. That look. <laughs> He's got those like, sex eyes. You can look at, see in his eyes. Oh. And then for myself, it's like, I'm thinking about a hunter stuff and I'm like battling, trying to not, okay, stop thinking about that. Stop thinking about that. And sometimes I realize like we're touching each other and I'm still thinking about like what I'm going to cook tomorrow or think about work, you know? And I realize that it really affects, like I, in those, in that state is really hard it's like every time we have sex it's that battle of mine and i wish we were trained and for those who are single today like you can work on this today so tomorrow when you are actually experiencing sex it's easier for you you know there's so much you can do today as a single person to prepare for that moment and one of that is sexuality and mindfulness right it still happened to me to this day and I still try to work on that, you know, and like, hey, how can I let go? I mean, sometimes habits are very important, right? Like meditation or taking time for yourself. Currently, for example, I try to not put more information on my brain and trust on my instinct more, especially now preparing for motherhood. There's so much information that I can receive and can get and I just yeah, yeah. higher of information. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm uh, stopping for this period of time. Uh, I'm going to my exercise without listening to anything. And that was like, it is hard. And sometimes your mind goes to tricky spaces. And sometimes it's better to listen to podcasts than listen to your own mind. <laughs> but sometimes it's necessary for your mind to come with all that. And it happened to me. We just finished a very busy season. And my mind was like very busy thinking about things to do because finally I have more time. And I was like, why am I uncomfortable with free time? Why I have to put myself to another class, to another course, do this or that, if I can enjoy a little bit of free time during my day or just like taking things a little bit slower and feeling. And for example, yesterday I was feeling a little bit anxious and I, I can tell because as you say, I finish a call and I open my phone to distract myself, you know, yeah, and I kind of started yeah. to feel like, hey, the, something is not great. And I took literally five minutes just to breathe, just to breathe and like just feel my body and I stop solving, trying to solve whatever it was happening to me. And that was already good. And that comes from, came from the foundation of me working on very heavy stuff that I thought like this year, at the beginning of the year, I was having what people would call a depression, you know, like no wanted to do anything in life and just like feeling no energy to do anything. But at the same time, I would look at my life and I was like, what is happening? I love everything, single thing of my life. Why I'm still feeling this way and feeling mm. shame about feeling bad. <laughs> and it's like not really understanding where that was coming from. And basically, what I learned through that process was that my body only needed to feel whatever emotion I had. Mm. And that emotions were not connected with my present, were connected with the past. And maybe intellectually, I will never gonna know exactly where they came from, but my body only needed to felt 
So when I went through the process of like with this person, because sometimes we kind of process emotions by ourselves. It's too scary. It's too strong for us to do it. So sometimes we need to do it with the other person and the other person only needs to help you process like, hey, I'm here. It's safe because we need the feeling of safeness as a kid, mm -hmm. right? It's safe. Feel it. And then you feel the emotion, you feel your body, you feel the sensations, and then they pass. And there's not really, maybe intellectually, you didn't solve anything. You didn't change anything in your life. Nothing happened, you know? And that was an experience. But my experience of life changed it because there was these emotions that were not holding me against myself anymore. Okay, one more experience. This happened to me as well. Like long time ago in 2020, no, 2019, I, and she uh, learned how to do hypnosis and mm. she tried to do it with me, but there was a big fear that was coming up that I couldn't do it with her. But then I was like, Hey, I had to feel this fear. Why this fear was so strong. And I went again in, in my country, in Uruguay and tried again. I want to face this fear. And I went again with an, a uh, hypnosis, kind of like therapist. And in one session, he guided me through hypnosis to feel this fear. And it was connected with my childhood and I can feel it. And my body started to shake. All my body started to shake uncontrollable. I couldn't stop my body. It was shaking, 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 shaking. And I was feeling the fear. But then it passed. And, and I was like, wow, I felt so much relief. And I remember I was coming back home from that session and homeless person came and approached me and I wasn't afraid. I was like, hey man, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything, but I hope you have a great day. I have like 10 more words on an exchange that I usually will give like two words, right? And I was so comfortable with it. And I realized like, hey, wow, I was able to feel more. So those are kind of like my experience with sensuality and feeling my emotions and realizing that I don't need to solve them. I just need to feel them a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of anybody getting hypnosis to feel more fear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's cool. And it's also true, this idea of space. We, I think our society views space as problematic. So if you have space in your house, you got to fill it with something. You need to fill that with some books or some something, right? Or any gap in your schedule has to be filled with something. Because space, I think it's, again, the unknown. And if it's unknown, we might misuse it or it might hurt us or something. So whether it's conscious or not, any space is typically filled with something. You can't just sit under a tree anymore and not feel like a weirdo, which is exactly what we need. And they're proving it more and more. Just the massive psychological, physiological benefits of sitting on grass and doing nothing. It's actually extremely healthy for you. So yeah, I really like this. I hope everybody that this is giving you food for thought, just the importance of feeling things and allowing yourself to feel the good and the bad and challenging yourself to do things like to not have a phone on you. I've stopped taking my phone to a lot of things because actually circumstance forced me to because I had, I lost my phone 
in a flood, right? So I was just traveling, I was doing all sorts of stuff, and I just noticed a lot more about myself and about other people because I didn't have this form of distraction in a phone. So where, where can you feel more feelings? You know, if you want a challenge too, go do stuff by yourself and watch all the feelings arise. If this is too hypothetical, go to the movies by yourself this week and watch how many insecurities pop up when you're waiting in line by yourself, when you're looking for a seat by yourself, or like go to a live music show or something by yourself. We have such a strong desire to want to prove that we're not alone. And the phone is very convenient for that. It's like, look, I have all these friends, right? So there's any number of things that you can do. But Karina, do you have any challenges? Anything that you would recommend people try out in order to feel more sensuality in their lives? Just don't make plan one weekend and see what happens, you know, what comes up <laughs> without yeah. making any plan. And, and also uh, if you're a guy, to not just play video games all day. And like doesn't count that oh, you don't make plans therefore you end up in the computer no don't uh, make plans and don't don't use any electronic and see oh. what what comes up for you you know like are you gonna go and read a book are you gonna go for a walk what it will do what you will do in that kind of situation and that during that time right and just i think a, a last reminder is that it, all these attributes all these aspects come from god so we need to remember that we are here on earth to resemble God. And for that, we need to respect and honor those attributes that he had gave it to us. And then for that, we need to work for them. And that's why we, we are here on earth. And that's why the Messiah, true father, say that you guys think that is hard for you. I feel things way more than you. The same things than you, but 100% more. Why? Because he have more sensuality. He, he experienced his sense in a higher, more intense way. Therefore, in our original self, we experience things 100% more than what we feel now today. So let's try to find that. Let's try to be that original self that we are. And let's try to resemble God. And don't be afraid of that. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. And even stuff like I got to say... On the way to taking my son to school and on the way to where we go to church, there's like the pretty way and then there's the rough way. And the rough way is filled with a lot of drugs and a lot of pain and suffering on this one street. And I've been inclined to go the rough way a lot more so that I can look at what's going on in these people's lives and try to experience something by observing them and by being in their world a little bit more. And that kind of stuff is not necessarily comfortable, but it allows you to experience more, more sympathy, more empathy, more love, instead of just, you know, you see a homeless person, you just judge them, you have your, you know, whatever it is, your default, you don't look at them or whatever, but to try to feel all the stuff, the good stuff and the bad stuff will allow you to experience life more fully. And the net result will be you'll want to escape life a whole lot more because you're engaged in life the good and the bad. So we hope this helps because, you know, this is the territory that High Noon is really exploring these days is how do we help you all to experience life to its fullest so that you stop trying to escape it, so that you stop feeling uncomfortable in your own skin and you can just be there regardless of what's going on in your life and deal with it 
in an honorable and beautiful way. So I hope this conversation helped. Thank you, Karina, for enduring the pain and suffering of the annoying noises. And it seems like they actually took a break for the majority of this podcast. They were gone the whole time, right? Basically, basically. So thank you, everyone, for bearing with me and those uncomfortable times, too. And <laughs> if you have any questions, please just reach out to us. And I hope we can talk more about it. If you want us to talk about a specific aspect of this or there's anything else that you would like us to go deeper, please let us know and we can easily do it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey, Andrew Love here, and I wanted to plant a seed in your mind before you go. You see, a lot of people, when they start to consume our content, they listen to our podcast, they watch our videos, they read our blogs, they start to believe in the idea of freedom as a possibility for them and their lives. And it is. You can break free from porn. You can build amazing, eternal relationships. But it requires you to make the jump. It requires you to commit to transformation. And that only happens when you invite other people into your journey. You see, a lot of people think that because I got into porn by myself, I can get out of it by myself. And that's the wrong thinking. It's not about simply removing a negative force from your life. It's about creating fulfillment and connection and intimacy with other people. So we really recommend first and foremost that you build a team of accountability partners, facilitators, group members, and we can do that. We have all that waiting for you, but you need to first reach out to us. If you already have people in your life that you think can help you, we have online courses that will teach you both how to create a dynamic that works in terms of accountability. But if you don't have an accountability partner, we already have volunteers who are waiting for somebody to help. We have groups that are waiting for somebody like you. But your role and your job is to merely reach out to us and we can work together with you to create a powerhouse team so that you can build the life of your dreams. We look forward to hearing from you.